this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. Thank you for joining us again. And I have my beautiful Darlene with me again today. Uh, Lissa is out of town and she was married yesterday. Oh, how exciting. I'm so excited. So we're just so happy for you, Lissa. And we want you to hear this message that we love you and that we have prayed blessings over your marriage. And uh, congratulations, Ryan. You got a good one. So today it's a great topic. For this, we're going to be talking about um, submission and surrender, and uh, Darlene has very um, properly named this, Save Me From Me. Take yes. it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just know that in my life, there have been so many different things that I've experienced, and I fought, and I was praying for certain prayers, and... Um, you know, you can sometimes get what you pray for and it doesn't exactly fit what you imagined. Yeah. And so um, I, as I've gotten a little bit more mature in my um, walk with the Lord, I have realized that there are lots of things that I have to surrender to God because he knows what's best. He knows actually what I'm really wanting in my mind and my envisionment. And so there, I heard somebody say, like, I, God saved me from me. And I was like, that is so true. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. he saved me from the, the prayers that I was so desperate to be in a certain relationship or desperate to be, you know, in this um, next certain, you know, stage in my life. And mm -hmm. if I were just looking at it from a different perspective and, you know, God knows the future, you know, yeah. he, he can easily say, I don't think that's really what you want. And so, um, that just was part of my, um, prayer mm -hmm. and, um, it kind of what, what Holy Spirit, you know, put on my heart that this would be a really good topic. So, um, surrendering all of area, all of your areas to God, that is a tough one. Yeah. I don't know about you. I think sometimes we can open-handedly give things over to God um, when we are faithfully trusting Him that He's going to handle it. This is a God thing or this is a God situation. Uh, and then ironically, sometimes things that we consider to be the most important, like you said, a relationship or a job or something like that, um, sometimes those real powerful, critical, pivotal things in our lives, we kind of hold that closer to our vest, you know? Right. And it's weird. You, It should be the opposite. We should relinquish and, and surrender things that are really critical to God. But it's often the opposite way around because either we're lacking the faith or the trust or that it is just so important to us that we feel like we have to control it. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it is, I know for me, when I first started um, praying those prayers of let me surrender all to you and sur surrender not only my, you know, my plans, um, but just my every area. And that is such a hard thing to do because we do cling to certain things, mm -hmm. you know, um, relationships with your children, you know, certain jobs that you feel like if you didn't have that job anymore, like you're just not going to be able to survive financially, whatever that looks like. Right. And so it, it's taken me a long time to, um, have, I guess the faith and trust and which seems odd because in so many different areas, I remember just going like, Lord, 
why am I struggling with this? You've yeah. never failed me. Mm-hmm. You've never forsaken me. And yet I am struggling with letting this go. I'm struggling with saying like, you can just take it all and do what you please with it. And it was, it was so hard for me to the point where I would just sit there and ponder for sometimes hours going mm-hmm. like, why am I struggling with this? And yeah. you pulled me out of some things. Now granted it was always hindsight. Right. I was on the other side of it. Of course. And then looking back, I was like, Oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. I got through that and I can see God in it. But sometimes when you're right in the middle of it, you can't really necessarily sometimes feel or see God. And mm-hmm. then you just go, okay, now I'm scared. What am I supposed to do? Exactly. And that that's the other thing is that we, we don't know what we don't know. And we say that often here. It's because, yeah. you know, we are, what we're trying to control or manipulate or even comprehend is such a limited view compared to what God sees. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at the situation with oftentimes a fraction or a portion of the information. And so it's not fitting together. It's like a, a puzzle with missing pieces and it's not fitting together because we don't have the full perspective. We don't see what God sees. So we're trying to view the full picture with missing pieces. And then just oftentimes we're either impatient or so desperate to have a certain thing, a certain way that we mistaking, like, like we put the wrong piece in there. Right. Or we make the wrong move or make the wrong decision, trying to complete the overall picture. And so, you know, that save me from me thing is like, God, stop me from trying to manipulate or control or impose things that are not for me. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. And like Jackie Hill Perry um, has a, a wonderful series on that about, um, like trying to force things or force God's hand. And it, it might be a good thing. It might be something that you think is beneficial. And it's not, it's, it could be perfectly righteous, right. but it's just not what God wants for you in that moment. So it's like, just stop me from trying to control things and save me from even my best intentions. Right. I, I want That's what true. God has for me, not what I ever could devise or something that I think is good for me, even though uh, we kind of selfishly and not always selfishly, sometimes we're responsible as an adult, as a mom, as an employee, as a wife, we do have certain responsibilities in life. And so sometimes it's hard to see where the responsibility ends and the faith begins. Right. And that is very, that's exactly what I had gone through is where, again, my responsibility ends and where I have to take that step of faith, Mm -hmm. knowing that God has my best intentions, um, the best intentions for me and for my family. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm, I definitely followed suit with her definitions. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to go back and bring it a little bit back to really dive into what does surrender really mean biblically? So surrender is in spirituality and religion. It actually means that a believer completely gives up its, his own will and subject in his thoughts, ideas, deeds, um, excuse me, and deeds to the will and teachings of a higher power. So we're really looking at what God, everything that has to do with God, what he thinks of you, what he wills for you, what his thoughts, his ideas. It's no longer about us. It's about him. That's still a hard one for me. <laughs> Amen. It may also be contrasted with submission. Another thing. <laughs> like, words. I just don't like that. Mm-hmm. Surrendering is um, a willful acceptance and yielding to a dominating force and their will. So I think those two surrender and submission. Um, I know for me in the past, it's different now, but in the past has been just bad words. Mm-hmm. Oh, They're yeah. very bad for me. Like there mm-hmm. were negative words. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have had a lot of women. Yeah. And I've had people in my life that have twisted those definitions to meet, um, you know, their kind of selfish Mm -hmm. intents. And it's really difficult. Those two words have really um, stung me a lot. Um, And then submission, since they kind of go hand in hand, it means humbly sharing your opinion with him. It means not invalidating him, especially in front of others. It means trusting his decision as a leader while feeling empowered to give your own point of view, which is interesting because, you know, when you even think about your relationship with God, I know God wants to know the innermost parts of us, Mm -hmm. but even having those innermost parts expressed, it's still, there's that submission to him saying, still not my will be done, but yours. It's very vulnerable. It's a very vulnerable feeling. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just then goes into how scary that looks like. And and it is. I mean, I do remember um, one of my greatest fears, you know, going through a divorce and everything. <clears throat> I had both of my kids and I pretty much had like full custody except for every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest fears was losing my son. Like I knew that. Mm-hmm you know, teenage years were coming up and, you know, that's kind of where a son clings to his father and Mm -hmm. all of those types of things. And, you know, again, you know, you don't ever like, you know, divorce somebody because like everything's going great, you know, (laughs) and, and there's trust and there's harmony. So, um, you know, there were definitely some times where I felt like, um, you know, maybe things weren't just always positive or um, God focused mm-hmm. on the other side. And it was, again, it was a fear that came out of just making sure that my children were safe and they were surrounded by God's presence and <clears throat> on an everyday basis. And it, you know, there was a lot of things that were happening. You know, my brother ended up getting really sick with esophageal mm-hmm. cancer and all that stuff. But in the middle of all of that, um, my son decided that he he was going to um, move out very abruptly, so it wasn't there wasn't a discussion or anything. He just like up and left um, in the middle of that, and okay, it was he was fifteen, wow. and it was it was literally my greatest fear coming to life, yeah. and um, and it was it was scary. I didn't know how to respond, um, and I didn't even know how, what to even think. Um, but you know, God is so gracious and so merciful in those situations because although there were other factors happening in the middle of all of that, um, again, now this side, looking back, um, I know that God has a plan for Jacob and you know, that's my son. And, um, and I honestly, I know that he's got a plan for all of our children. Mm -hmm. And I learned that the plan that I have in my head is going to look different um, with what God actually does in this world, right? On this mm-hmm. earth. And so um, my greatest fear out of that, again, there was obviously still concern, lots of prayer, hitting my knees hard. But at the end of it, it was so interesting that I felt like it, God and his grace and his mercy, he just literally went, okay, so your greatest fear happened and you're okay. Amen. And that was huge for me because... You know, you always think of when you have your greatest fear that like life is over and I'm going to die and, you know, all the things that like. There's probably a moment of that too, Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. But I've been there too and it's like, this is my greatest fear. Like I'm mm going to fall apart and you might for a day or two or a week or whatever. 
Um, but there is thriving on the other side. Right. Exactly. And God really met me there. And I think he, you know, he allows things to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I know I held very, very deeply in my heart were my kids. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I believe that, you know, what you do and what you hold dear to your heart, not sometimes a bad thing. Holding your children dear to your heart is not a bad thing. Of course not. Yeah. But it also can, can really teeter on making it an idol. A hundred percent. And so I really believe that that was something that I, um, had as a distraction. Mm -hmm. And especially in the midst of divorce, it's easy with all the chaos and all the noise and all the things. (laughs) There's so many variables in divorce, um, that only, they just begin with the actual dissolution of the marriage and the division of property and the the parenting and the co-parenting and the custody. I mean, those that's just like the big categories. There's right. so many subsets of um, feelings and emotions and tangibles and intangible things that you have to navigate. And I think this is such a valuable message for all people, but especially Christians, because um, I think there might be a falsehood out there that like, if you choose Jesus, then you won't suffer. Um, or true. if you're a good Christian, you find joy in the suffering and you're not, you don't allow yourself to have that fall apart moment. Right. And I think it's, um, I think it's not only unrealistic, but it's unfair to put that kind of pressure on Christians. Like we are still human. Absolutely. And like you said, one of the things that you hold closest to your heart is your children. Right. Uh, You know, I wrote a piece for Hillside years ago um, that talked about that, like identity, Mm -hmm. your identity in this world, your identity in your family, your identity in heaven and with Christ. And so much of a mother's identity is being a mother, like just a thousand other titles. But, but you know, the one that I held dearest to me was mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I too went through a divorce and suddenly I'm a part-time parent, which is not at all what I signed up for. I don't care about the marriage. I don't care about the romance. I don't care about the house and the stuff, but I did not choose to become a mom to now suddenly be a part-time mom. And so that those things are really painful to navigate and they're not planned or expected. Right. So however you get there in a divorce situation, um, how it doesn't matter the specifics, the reality is the same. Suddenly this, this child that you chose that you love is now no longer with you permanently. Right. And you have to be okay with that. Right. Like how how do you get from, from the the sudden shock of divorce and co-parenting to being okay co-parenting? There's a big gap to fill there. Right. No, absolutely. But I think also just to like tie it into like even other things in life, Mm -hmm. you know, even just, you know, work, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you cope with just like walking in one day and you don't have a job? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you cope with just so many different things that come at us yeah. or even just COVID? How many people got laid off? I mean, I can yeah. imagine. I mean, <laughs> it was like huge for me and it was such a blessing that like I was able to like be an essential worker, right. but there were so many people around me that, you know, I saw lose their jobs and, you know, in the middle of that, how do you say like, it's might've been God's will. How is that God's will that you don't have a living? You know, how is, where is God in that? And, you know, surrendering again, you know, your everything that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, Lord, like I'm in this situation. It's a very difficult situation. What do you like, where do you see my next steps being? I think, you know, so much of this is connected to 
not the the specific issue, but identity. Mm. You know, even to go back to our legacy, our last topic, it's like our legacy is connected to our identity, which is all of those things. It's, you know, mother, wife, sister, um, employee, whatever the case may be. So much of our identity is connected to the roles we play in life. That's true. And so suddenly if, you know, today I'm, you know, in, in uh, corporate America and tomorrow I'm not, then who am I? Or like if I'm a if I'm a full time mom and now I'm only a part time mom, who am I? Or I was a career woman now I'm a stay at home mom. Right? Who am I? It's like it, it all comes back to who am I, and what does that mean? What is my value now with this title? Like, right. so I think it's it's really to surrender our identity to Christ is really a relinquishing of all those titles and whether it be an accolade or an award or just Mm -hmm. something we identify ourselves with. Uh, So it's a, it's almost cautionary. Be careful. How do you identify yourself? What, where do you connect your worth? Right. And that brings up a really good point because even just like thinking right now on the things that I, you know, identify myself with definitely, you know, saying first and foremost, like I'm a child of God. Right. But do you do like, this you is know? the thing. This is, this is my challenge. It's like, well, how do you identify yourself? Are you a child of God? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you doing kingdom work or are you CEO housewife? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. What are you? What is your primary right. identity and where do you connect that? It's like, right. you should identify first as a child of God, right? A beloved daughter of God. Right. That That's where we should, all things should flow from that. Right. Right. But sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Life is so messy. (laughs) And then we just go, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times, I mean, don't get me wrong. If there's, if life is messy, it's messy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if when I was going through all of that stuff, it was messy. I had, you know, my brother, you know, I'm trying to like help, you know, maneuver through that and just seeing him, you know, in pain and then thrown Mm -hmm. at me, you know, my son now is like up and leaving and I'm literally felt like my entire world was falling apart. So like life is messy. And I can tell you in the middle of that, I was not going like I'm a child of God. I was like, I'm trying to survive right now. And as much caffeine as I can pump in me and as much, you know, Mm -hmm. distractions for missing my son that could exist. I took them. I took every last one of them because I didn't want to deal with it at the Mm -hmm. time. But, you know, we all, I think, have those bumps. Mm-hmm. I think we all have those times where we, you know, kind of just kind of go off in these different um, avenues or journeys, the side journeys. But if you at the end of it, when you are, you know, trying to catch your ground, mm-hmm. you look at God and you say, okay, Lord, all these things are happening. Originally, like my full identity is I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. So as a child of God, how do I respond to this situation? And how do I respond in that situation? Mm -hmm. And what will, you know, what is your purpose of me being in some very difficult situations? Like I've literally thrown my hands up and been like, I don't even understand why I'm in this situation. I don't know why I'm in the middle of a situation. Please help me to respond in the way that you want me to respond. Because I know if I respond in the way I want to respond, that is not going to be kind. Right. And so it's, it's just trying to stay very focused on that. That's a hard reminder. It's a good reminder. And, and in keeping with that, like you said, all the things that you've mentioned, right? So the situation with um, taking care of a sick family member, um, losing custody or, or feeling like your child has gone away from you or a divorce or a loss of a job, all of those situations, um, 
many of them are out of your control, meaning you didn't choose them. They're things that happened to you along the course of life that you didn't necessarily choose and you were forced to navigate. Um, and then, so, but either whether it was something you chose or something that was imposed upon you, right. there is still a measure of surrender, whether it's willing or not, or, or forced or not. Um, there's still a measure of having to relinquish just open handedly and say, God, you know, I need to give this to you right? because it's beyond my control at this point. Right. And I think one of the reasons why surrender and submission seem like such a negative, I mean, they carry serious weight. Right. Um, you know, do. when we're talking about these things, we don't want to minimize the significance of it. They do carry a very significant weight. It's, these words do matter and they do have real life implications and impacts. And so um, they seem like they are words that force us to surrender control. Right. And that's, that's the true. scary part because in the, in the concept and the realization of surrendering, that means that it, it, you're giving someone else or something else control. Right. So like in a situation with a divorce or with a child going with the other parent, you automatically feel like that other person has control over you. Right. Oh, it's true. So it feels, yeah. it feels like that, you know, we just, we naturally as human beings have an aversion to that. We don't want to do that. We don't right. want to allow someone to give control over us. Right. So we, you know, we naturally buck that. And like right. we were talking about, um, there's a, um, what's the word? What's the best, nicest way to say this? Um, so often certain things that are biblical about surrender or submission is very often weaponized. Yes. I totally agree with that. And oftentimes as a Christian woman uh, and someone who knows that you're a Christian woman and that, like I said, we do a disservice when we say, well, you're a Christian. You need to handle it this way. Right. You need to be righteous. You, you know, you're not allowed right. to be human right now. Right. <laughs> you need to handle this perfectly. Um, and so oftentimes there's certain scripture and certain instructions for life that are weaponized against us. Right. Uh, in an effort to have control. Other people or other entities will try and have control over us and place us in a submissive position. Right. And so we have to be very careful with that too. Right. And I think that is where is us like being diligent in God's word because he's very clear on, you know, not being, you know, having submission to just authority in general. Right. So like, you know, there was a really great analogy how, um, cause sometimes I know that people struggle with, you know, how can I submit because like, I don't think that they're upstanding person or how do, how can I submit to this person because mm -hmm. whatever. And somebody explained to me that it's like almost like the military mm -hmm. where you have your commanding officer and whether you like them, dislike mm -hmm. them, have respect for them, not respect. The point is they are the one that's the commanding officer mm -hmm. and you are underneath them. Just us were, you know, like that's just the, that's the, that's the line. And, you know, you're here in this line and you are to respect the position, mm -hmm. not necessarily the person. <laughs> and it was quite interesting when I was thinking about that, because mm -hmm. I know that like, again, you know, that you, there's some different tweaks when you start looking at like a romantic relationship right. or you start looking at like different things. Mm -hmm. There's different, but body. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it, really, really, it, it doesn't make a difference. Like I know for me, I've struggled with some of the things that God has asked me to do. Oh yeah. And so whether I am in agreement with it, whether I'm not, whether I'm whatever, the point is 
I am to be submissive to him because he is the one that I am saying you have authority over my life and my household. Mm-hmm. You know, there had been times where I might not have agreed with my husband, but I, in prayer, said he's not asking me to do anything that's unbiblical. Right. So my role is to be submissive in that moment, not agree, but right. be submissive. Right. And that was according to what God was calling me to do. But I had already prayed about it. Mm-hmm. I had already received that confirmation. I wasn't happy with that confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> but I did it because that's what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. But of course, if there's any point in time that there is things that are like unbiblical, they, you know, was going against what mm-hmm. God has I'm commanded us and like all that. that stuff. That is not something that would, you know, you would want to be submissive with right. that, but that takes a lot of prayer and a lot of godly counsel right. and to make that discernment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And to have that discernment. But, but at the end of it, you know, when you look at again, that, you know, surrender and submission wholeheartedly, you know, like to your point, when you were saying, you know, as people, you know, we want to be independent. Like I remember when I wanted to be independent of my family and my parents, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I've got my own job and I've got my own place and I've got my own things and I've got my own. And so like every, and I remember when I, my kids were younger, you know, at, when they're really, really young, it was like, you know, my job as a parent, obviously is to make sure that my kids grow Mm -hmm. up and they're independent and they're able to be, you know, a good abiding citizen, Mm -hmm. right. In this world. As I dove deeper into God's word, I changed that prayer. And I said, my job as a parent is to make sure that they are independent of our, you know, family, like authority figure. And that is transitioned to them being completely dependent on God and his provisions. And sometimes it's those prayers that are, you know, a little scary. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that God loves my children more than me. And that says a lot because I love my children a lot, you know? So, you know, you just look at those things, but you know, that surrender though is Mm -hmm. you, I think just human nature, we pull against that. Sure. And, and it is, we are in our flesh. We are operating out of our flesh, even as practicing Christians who are actively seeking the Lord, we're still living out of our flesh. Right. And we still will succumb to it on occasion. Um, and, and I love what you said about the whole thing with, um, with marriage and submitting within a marriage and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, we could we could pick really any type of relationship, yeah. or with like you said, it could be a subordinate in the military, it could be parent to child, vice versa. But uh, I love the example in Ephesians five twenty one through twenty eight. And the reason that I wanted to specifically talk about this one, it's a word that actually, I mean, a verse that actually has the word submit in it, and um, it's very direct. <laughs> but it's so often, again, the word I use is weaponized or misquoted, or um, it, it's just a small portion of scripture that's taken out to serve a purpose oftentimes, right? right. Um, and so one of, the, one of the most weaponized is Ephesians 5.22. You'll hear this all the time. Most people know this even without being Christian. You've heard this before. Right. Is wives submit to your husbands. Boom. Right. Full stop. And they usually stop right there. <laughs> they usually stop right yeah. there. And so I've I've had the, the the gift really and the blessing of talking to so many women on this topic, whether it be at Bible study or in friendship, private conversations or whatever. Uh, and that verse and that word and that concept has such a weight to it. Oh, absolutely. And then there's women who say, "Oh, absolutely not." 
And then there's other women who will do it, you know, to a fault, like I said, to the point right. of absurdity, really. Um, and so it's, I had to like get in the word and study it more. And really, what does God say about submission? Right. Really, what does he say about surrendering? And it's mentioned many times in many different contexts, in many different circumstances and situations throughout the Bible. But just to stay on this one particular topic, I had heard that verse so many times throughout my life, growing up as a Roman Catholic, and then just in my regular everyday life when I wasn't practicing before I found non-denominational. And then, again, after becoming non-denominational and getting into Bible studies and stuff, and it just kind of had like this ick feeling like you know it just it really does and especially with you know women women's rights and and feminism and all these things it just kind of took on like a dirty icky feeling and then I started realizing I remember the day like god many years ago now 15 years ago when I first became born again and I was like, let me check that out. Let me see really what God says about that. And lo and behold, there's more. There's a whole section on this. And that is not the only, the only, just in that verse, that's not the only thing God says about submission. Who knows? Right. So here's, here's the um, full sc- uh, verse in scripture that that one is kind of embedded in. And it's Ephesians 5, 21 through 28. And actually in my Bible, in my study Bible, the section is actually titled, this is not Bible, this is just for the purposes of study. It says, Instructions for Christian Households. Hmm. Ooh, <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So not it's, just the wives. That's right. To each other. And not, here's the thing. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One another who? Husbands to wives? Right. Wives to husbands, mm-hmm. it's reciprocal. Also, 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25, wait for it. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. My Mm. mind was blown when I read that. Right? It's so beautiful. And when I read that, I mean, it, it honestly made me emotional. I was like, why wouldn't you, sur- why wouldn't you surrender? Why wouldn't you submit to that guy? Right. That one that, that, that scripture describes right. is submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Not because that other person is lording over you in, in domination or control, right. but out of love and res- reverence for Christ and in submission to him, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then it says, you know, for husbands, you love your wife and to be the head of the household. Right. And so, again, the head of the household wasn't listed here in a position of domination right. or authority in that he rules over her. I want, I want to envision this, this as it is biblically. So the husband should conduct himself as Jesus conducted himself. Within the marriage, a man should be who Jesus was to the church. Right. And so this, that opened up so much profound thought for me because if you look at a husband through this lens, he's easy to submit to. 
Well, and I know that just in the past, um, mm -hmm. when you have a husband that you can, you, you can just, women, I think have a lot of, and it's not all the time, mm -hmm. but for the most of the time, you have that intuition. Like women are more emotional. So they're, you know, I had a feeling. And so I went with the feeling, mm -hmm. you know, men are more logical. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, show me the proof that right. God is real or show me mm -hmm. whatever. So I think it's easy for women um, just to have that intuition, to have that discernment, mm -hmm. to have that um, connection with um, godly things, especially mm -hmm. obviously when you're, you're centered on Christ. But I do know in my, in the past, when my husband was doing, like, he was steadfast and he was focused and he was doing what God wanted him to do, it was so much easier for me to submit. Oh, yeah. Because you you have that sense of, again, that easy submission because it's mm -hmm. like you can see that he is on that path and he mm -hmm. is just doing what, you know, and it's not to say everybody, you know, fall. We're not perfect, right? No. And you can see and you have, again, that mercy mm -hmm. and that grace that God gives all of us. Mm -hmm. And you, of course, extend that. But one of the things that I have learned um, in, you know, now being newly married um, on my second marriage, and we have a blended family, that, um, you know, my husband just has shown me, God, the way that Christ loves the church. Like, he loves me, like, to a fault, to the point where I'm just like, I don't even understand why you love me right now. <laughs> like, sometimes I get so frustrated, and I'm yelling, and he calls it this, like, Latin passion. I don't even know why he calls it that. <laughs> but I'm just like, I just straight out, like, chewed you out. And he was like, you just, you had a rough day, and I, and I know mm -hmm. that you were having a rough day. And I'm like... That's still not an excuse, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, like, I'm frustrated with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, shouldn't you be frustrated with me? But I know that, like, he's giving me such an example mm -hmm. of God's love that I have never experienced before. Amen. And it is so great because where it says, like, love co covers over sin, mm -hmm. you know, a multitude of sins. And you just sit back and you're just like, this, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and then with exactly. that submission where, you know, where it says like, you know, the husbands are supposed to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know, like Christ Dumb. died for the church, <laughs> yeah. like that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And if you have a husband that is constantly loving you, mm -hmm. like Christ has loved the church, like, mm -hmm. and, and laid his life for the church. I mean, when you have that kind of love coming at you, you don't have any way other way that you can respond except for just in awe of your faults and failures and knowing that you are still covered in so much love and Amen. acceptance. That is just, that's, that has, that's God right there. It, that's it's God. beautiful. And, and this is the thing when you, when you like, I think it was, um, maybe pastor Todd of transformation church. I think he did a whole series on it and he said, um, that God designed so many blessings for particular containers is the word he used. And marriage is supposed to be contained within a certain set of vows mm. and a certain set of behavior. And within a marriage, there should be mutual submission to the point where it's easy to okay. submit and to surrender and to show respect and to show reverence and to show love and compassion, forgiveness and mercy. So if we are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ with Christ as our model, then that should be the reciprocal relationship. It's right. compassion and love, and we should love right. each other as Jesus loved the church. That should be ideally what should happen in the container of marriage. That that is God's design. It's right there in the instruction manual, right. you know. Um, and it's 
I think I think what happens is, and it, it's not just it's not just wives to husbands either. There's plenty of relationships right. where where the husband has trouble or vice versa um, to su- submit or to surrender or to trust or to whatever. But um, I think the bottom line is through um, hurts and failures and mistreatment through our lives, maybe long before we ever got to a marriage, um, we were hurt or abandoned or um, wounded by someone that we did trust or someone that was in a position of authority or perhaps like a parent or a family member or something like that where... Okay, now we have this wound. We're af- we're afraid to give ourselves over to someone else, and so um, the issue, like speaking for myself, I'm exactly guilty of that. And the problem is that um, by nature, I want to completely give myself over. That that to me doesn't feel like oppression. That feels like liberation. Right. To be able to give myself over to that husband who is so loving and so forgiving and so compassionate and so merciful, that to me sounds joyful and liberating. That's not, obviously that doesn't feel like oppression of any kind. But the problem is, is that for me, at least speaking for me, I have trouble surrendering and submitting if I don't feel safe in that submission. So if I feel like the submission is going to be weaponized or manipulated or abused or taken advantage of or any of those feelings where you know I'm concerned that what I'm giving to you will not at the very least be appreciated yeah that I don't feel safe in that submission so my natural response is to pull back and say no I'm not going to do that right and so this is the problem and it, it again we talked earlier a little bit about like a cautionary tale this is like um I really think important information for anyone entering into a marriage specifically, and obviously it would be beneficial in any relationship, but uh, especially in a marriage is that if you can make your partner, your significant other, and it can go, it can go back and forth between husbands and wives. um, If you can make the other person feel safe in submission to you, that makes all the difference. Like you said, you know, when I feel that kind of love, when my husband loves me the way Jesus loved the church and I can feel that, then you want just the natural response right. is to give it over. You right. Know, to relinquish. Exactly. No, it's true. It's true. And I mean, there was, um, to your point though, like when you do have those hurts and pains, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, where I'm here now, obviously with my husband, but when we were first dating, that was scary because when you have your hurts and you have your pains, like, again, my first, you know, in the, you know, response was, is this guy for real? Like, I really feel like I need to run the other direction, you know, um, because I was afraid. I was afraid of being hurt again. I was yeah. afraid of entering into, you know, this relationship mm-hmm. that I didn't know what was going to happen. And what if I got hurt again, right. you know, and that's hard. And, and so someone argue that's wisdom, like being cautious right. after being hurt. You can argue to an, to an extent right. that that's wisdom. Because you don't right. want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be taken advantage of or hurt or whatever. Right. So where again, where is yes. that gray area? Where right. does the line of wisdom right. and building walls like they're they're not the same? You can be right. wise to the point where you're cautious and right. you make good choices, or you can go over the the pendulum can swing the other way and you can just put up walls and never let anyone else in. Right. So. But you can also do that too with emotions yeah. and just, you know, so like, you know, my feelings of just being hurt and, mm-hmm. you know, having a painful past mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be in that situation. So I felt anxious. And again, that's where we had to, you know, and thank the Lord that, you know, he was one that respected what I felt God was telling me. 
because there are some ups and downs, you know, too, where I was like, this is what I really feel like God is calling me to do or telling me to do. And his response was, okay, like, how am I supposed to like counter God? If he told you that, like, I can't just be like, no, you know, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, of course he wants to foster that. And that was great. But we all, that's where I think it's so important that we go into um, prayer and we are constantly going back to God, let me submit my emotions to you. Mm -hmm. Let me submit my thoughts to you. Let me submit, you know, my fears, you know, which is still within the, obviously the emotional range, but, um, or realm, but there are so many things that, you know, even this relationship to you Mm -hmm. and, you know, God showed a lot within that thing, you know, whole situation, that dating experience, you know, it's so easy to go back to your old habits. So it's like, am I making this person now like an idol? Like I did with like previous relationships, like Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he should not trump time with God. He and should not trump, you know, and like isn't that anything. so easy? In the it's beginning. super easy. Oh, yeah. totally. You're so excited. Yeah. And you're oh, like, yeah. I want to, or even a new friend. I'm so excited. I want to go and hang out with them and I want to do things with them. Uh-huh. But when it gets to the point where they're taking away from your focus on, mm-hmm. you know, being diligent to spend time in the word and spend time, mm-hmm. that's where the enemy likes to go like, okay, mm-hmm. now I can take that, you know, take you to this side of it. And then you get very jaded and then you're like falling into, you know, a journey that you mm-hmm. could avoid, right. you know, with hurt and pain in that. And I think that's what's so great about one God, you know, just always nudging us to mm-hmm. get back on track. But when we're in that safe space, surrendering and submitting to God, like his plans for our life are good. But he's never his. going to let us go and he's never going to like throw us in the deep end and be like swim. I love that you say that. And like, so all the things that we've been talking about, so like the parent to child, the job, the husband, the wife, the submission, all of those things that we're talking about and all of the very real hesitations and the very real uh, fears and wounds that we have within the concept of um, submission and surrender, those are all legitimate and valid. But all of that that we were talking about that, that is us talking about being fearful of dealing with other flawed humans. So we're flawed humans who are entering into a relationship with other flawed humans. And so there's going to be some very real potential risk. There's going to be some very real fears and all of those kinds of things. But it's, I want to caution us, and, and myself too, I'm speaking to myself really, is that um, submitting to others is not the same as submitting to God, meaning you can wholly, completely surrender to the will of God and know you're okay. Right. (laughs) Right? And so this is the thing. That's where we're going back to, like, the save me from me. God, stop me from trying to think that I know better or that I can control it or I can outwork you or I can outthink you or my husband or my boss or my children or whatever the case may be because what we're talking about and all of those topics that we just discussed are so real and it's it's such real talk, real life stuff. But what we now want to focus on is like, okay, so if we are completely surrendered to God, a God that is good, a God that is for us, who has good plans for us, who works everything for our good, if we can truly and, and really completely surrender and relinquish control to him, whatever the other people do, right. whatever our spouses do, whatever our children do, whatever our bosses do, 
all of that is going to be under the umbrella of God's command and God's control. Right. And ultimately, we need to worry about how our heart posture is in submission and obedience to God. Right. And so, That's you know, so we good. just we could just spend whatever it was, 35 or 40 minutes talking about how we feel in interpersonal relationships and how hard it is to surrender. But now let's talk about the fact is whatever those other human beings do in our world or within our relationship is still under the umbrella of God's control right. and God working for our good. And that's why we can trust him to save me from me is because ultimately he's going to benefit us if we first surrender to him. Right. Now, I totally agree with that. And I know, again, in those different situations, you know, I would look in like when I was going through it, I'm like, why God, why? Like I have been faithful. I don't understand why this is happening. Like this doesn't make sense. It's so like his kingdom is so like opposite than like what the world says that okay. I would just always be like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why. Like I've been praying about this. Why? And it never failed. And God is so good because I'm, I'm a why person. I want to <laughs> yeah. know why. When That's I don't good. know why mm -hmm. I'm like, Lord, for me to process this through, like mm -hmm. really process it through, I need to know why. And he doesn't owe me a why. He's God. Right. What is like, he doesn't owe me a why. Mm -hmm. But he is so, um, he is such a good, good God that he will at least give me a why. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. That's mm -hmm. that. I can, I can, I can process through now with that why and like move on. Mm-hmm. Because I get stuck sometimes if yeah. I don't know the why. But I think knowing the why helps us the next time to trust more quickly or perhaps more completely. Like, okay, okay. this situation, I got the why. I didn't understand it at first, and now I get it, God. Okay, so next time, maybe I can trust you quicker. Yeah, <laughs> or, you exactly. know what I mean? It's like exactly. just getting that information is just confirmation of God's goodness and that, right. that he is acting on our behalf even when we don't understand it. Right. And that was exactly like what, yeah, you kind of tied it in right there because I, I did have a lot of situations and I asked why, and it ended up being that it was again for my benefit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you have a lot of different things, you know, Lord, why is, you know, like this bill coming up or why did this have to happen? Or, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, but if, you know, now that shifted and so like there was going to be, you know, it was in my research, I was able to connect with somebody who was going to give me a discount here. Mm -hmm. Like it just would always like t tie into something that was just amazing. And then I would be like, oh, okay, now I understand where it all flows. And I think that's when we really start to understand that our little like tunnel vision perspective is so narrow yeah. oh, compared yeah. to his overview of mm -hmm. just the perspective that he has of the entire world right. and all, and I don't even know how he does it, but just being able to look at every situation and every person mm -hmm. and allowing free will for him to say, I'm going to make everything like, you know, work for the good of my children mm -hmm. is just, I just sit in awe and just that. Because yeah. I don't even know how he would do that. But he does it right. every single time. Because I've been the recipient of those things every right. single time. And I just sit back and I'm like, I don't know how you did that. But I'm so grateful that you did. Because, yeah. you know, I would have been up like just an awful situation if exactly. he wasn't there for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it is definitely, I think, as we begin to maneuver through all these things, like just having that trust mm -hmm. in him and being able to take those steps of faith. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a little step. It doesn't yeah. have to be this huge no. leap. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, I remember there were times, and I know this sounds so dumb, <sighs> but there are just so times, so many times where, you know, my husband, of course, was just like, my, it was really like my previous husband. He was just such a neat freak, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I'm okay with my house being lived in, All right. but it was just very important for everything to like be that. just lived right, <laughs> you know? And I just remember just that was something that I would get distracted with the kids or I'd get distracted with things so easy. You, by distracted, you mean taking care? and sustaining life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but I remember even of the smallest of things, like I was like, okay, like again, like trying to submit to like what, you know, like your husband wants or whatever. And I just remember just waking up and praying and I'm like, Lord, I need you to help me clean the house. <laughs> like I need you be to literally make me start cleaning the house to the point where I don't even realize I'm doing it until I'm almost done. Yeah. Like, and he was so faithful that he would do it. And I would, and he, like, it was so crazy. Cause then like my husband would come home he'd be like, Oh my gosh, the house looks great. And in my head, I'm just like, I mean, that was all oh God. Cause I would have not done this. Right. Like in my own like mm-hmm. self, like I could have been like doing this or that or so, anything else, but clean. Mm. And sometimes there's such, like, I think that that was even that prayer was a prayer to me of a submission to say, Lord, I would rather be scrapbooking. Mm, yeah. I would rather be hanging out with a friend when doing play dates with the kids. Again, all good things. Right. We're compiling memories together. Our kids need to socialize. Like, again, all good things. But for me to be like, Lord, what do you want me? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is important to do. So help me do that because I know if I do it in my power, it's never going to get done. Right. And so the, even those small steps, because again, every time I look back, I'm like, that was just, what was I even thinking? I'm asking God to help me cl- like have even just like the desire to clean, right? Not even to just be like the desire to clean mm-hmm. is such a small, minute thing but he's such a good, faithful God. He did it. Yeah. yeah, God, he wants us to ask boldly. And and But see, the thing is, you were surrendered to God in doing something you didn't really want to be doing in that moment, but you were also honoring your husband. So God, God works in full circles. You know what I mean? Right. So he works for the greater good of everything. So not only did you get something done that needed to be done, you it was actually an act of submission to God and to your husband. And the other thing, like we, I was talking about earlier is like, okay, submitting to God is so much more important than submitting to man. But the reality too, is that, um, when you do surrender to God, it might not look like it's in alignment with what you want, mm. like what, what your desire is. Your desire was maybe to not be cleaning the house that day. So we have to also be prepared that surrendering to our husbands or to our boss or to the military or to God might not look like how we want it to look. <laughs> But it's so beneficial in terms of the um, the relationship that we're building with God and the relationship that we're building with those other people. Right. And so it's really important to remember that, that it might not necessarily, just because we say, okay, su- submit to the Lord and surrender to God and surrender to these other people, that's not always going to look the way you want it to look either. Right. But it, it's good. And like the verse that you put down, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He has plans for us. We, it's like, we, I've used this analogy in Bible study. So if we, like, if we, if I put on my navigation right now and I want to drive from California to Nashville, 
if I look at it, I'm not going to see the big plan on my on my screen. It's right. going to be turn by turn navigation. Turn left on this street. Mm. Turn right on that street. Get on this freeway. Now take that one. It's step by step by step. But we won't ever get to Nashville unless we take these first few turns, right? right? So we have to take it step by step. Be obedient to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord in the baby steps. Right. And the stuff we don't necessarily want to do. In the small minutiae and the tiny details of everyday life. And that mm-hmm. it's, it's like a spiritual workout. You know, yeah. we're building our spiritual muscles. We're building our obedience. Our willingness to be submitted and surrendered. Uh, and really what other people are doing. You know, what our, our husbands are doing, our children, or our boss is really irrelevant because we have to first be submitted to the mm-hmm. Lord. And then under that umbrella of protection, under the umbrella of his goodness and his mercy, he will work all things out for our good. But we right. only have control over us. Right. We're also an example. We're also an example to our children and to our spouses of submission and to honoring our responsibilities and honoring our relationship with each other and the Lord. It's very important. No, that is true. That is true. And that brings up um, just, again, some other things. I mean, we can probably talk all day Uh, on this subject, (laughs) Um, but it it is just those little sometimes baby steps and baby turns. And Mm -hmm. like you end up getting to your final destination. And, you know, sometimes we just, there's just lots of different ways. And I know for my GPS, every time I make a wrong turn. (laughs) I wish God would do that. (laughs) It's like recalibrating, like redirecting. And he does that all the time for us. I mean, because we're not perfect. So he's like, no, no, let's take this next turn. That's a good analogy. And if we do have the heart posture of obedience and submission, God will lovingly redirect us. And it's important to remember that, you know. Absolutely. I know that there have been a lot of, you know, decisions that, you know, I really felt like the Lord told me this and I did it out of obedience and it may not have been like the right, exactly Mm -hmm. like the I misheard or just interpreted incorrectly. Um, and I know that God still honors that. I mean, yeah. sometimes we're, you know, it's not exactly again how like the end result would have looked like, but I think that's where, you know, that heart posture comes into place and thank the Lord that he looks at our heart oh, because yeah. I mean, <laughs> if our heart's intentions were like pure and good and mm-hmm. like, we still like, just like totally like miss the mark. Like, you know, obviously there are some things that end up happening along the way. Like life isn't perfect, but I mean, he is very merciful and gracious in that. And he will definitely, you know, be there in all of the chaos that's happening around us. So I think that that is also something that I love about God is um, just knowing everybody's heart. Yeah, and there's two other things that you just brought up that made me think about it. Like, there are sufferings, too, in missteps sometimes. And there are consequences if we act out of alignment with obedience and submission, too. And so, um, even in that, even in our suffering, um, God has a redirection and a lesson Mm -hmm. for us. And the Bible verse, Romans 5, 3, and 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. It's one of my favorite ones because even when we misstep, even when there's self-inflicted wounds in life from miscalculations or bad judgment or whatever, um, there's there's still a character development there. And I know for me, I have experienced so much joy and triumph in my life from things mm-hmm. that I've accomplished. But and that's that's joyful and that's a celebration. But if I'm really honest. 
I've learned the most and, and my character and who I am today is um, really learned lessons from my failures. Right. I, I mean, I had to be honest. I, I hate to admit it, but the reality is anything good in me today is a result of the things I've done wrong and the lessons that I've learned and the hardships that I've self-inflicted right. and learned and, and became better for. And sometimes even from the wrongs done to me. But I say this in Bible study all the time. Now that I'm, you know, I'm on the other side of 40 and I've lived some life and I've I've experienced so much, I would far more rather um, be wronged than be wrong now. Right. So I'm very cautious. I, I can handle being mistreated. I can handle mistakes. But right now, again, it comes back to mm -hmm. the who am I and what am I doing under the name of the Lord. Right. That is important to me. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, if God doesn't answer a prayer, and he does save me from me, please God, uh, is it's important. And this is a verse that I don't think is really, I mean, I, we've all heard it before, but it's not really preached on and um, meditated and focused on as much as it really should be, is 1 Corinthians 6.12. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial for me. Oh, I love that one. Isn't it? It's oh, just, I love it. I love it so much. I can't even tell you because what is truly beneficial for us. One of my other favorite verses is only, only let things come out of your mouth that are beneficial for the building up of others. Right. Like what is beneficial to us? We can do anything. Right. We, we really have free will and the opportunity to do anything. We can be righteous or debaucherous. We can be good or we can be evil. We can be right. We can be wrong. We, we can do all things. Right. We can do anything we want, but not all things are beneficial to me. Right. And then that's where being in the Word, knowing the Lord, practicing righteousness, submitting to the Lord, being obedient to Him, dying of our flesh. Right. Those are the things that really ultimately are beneficial to us in the long run. They're not always comfortable. Right. They're rarely convenient. Right. <laughs> and it's not the most fun option. Right. right. It's like eating kale versus french fries. <laughs> it's better for us, but we might not enjoy it at the time. Right. And so, but it's important to, to recognize that, you know, there's spiritual diets like that too, where, you know what, you might want to do option A, but it's not good for you. It's not beneficial for you. Right. And so God's going to prevent us from some of those things. And then other times he's going to let us go and let us fall in a heap and figure it out and surrender and cry to him in repentance. Right. And that's okay too. Right. But I think also, um, just the word, um, you know, the beneficial word, you know, it's beneficial for you. Um, and I know that for a long time it was like, okay, like again, everybody, everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial, but then also just looking past that and just going, what's beneficial to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember, um, years ago I was, you know, a part of, um, a church community and it was great. And I was actually helping in the children's ministry and it was, it was so frustrating and hard. And I, I know that this resonates with a lot of people that when, you know, you just don't have a lot of volunteers. Right. And so like, they're able to just, you know, and, and it's good. It's not a bad thing. It's good. It's good for people to want to like, you know, drop their kids off or like, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, do, do certain things within the church. Mm -hmm. But then when it's now asked of you to kind of step in mm -hmm. that role to help, clean or help set up or help, you know, um, even just like volunteer in the children's ministry. Cause sometimes it's hard to like mm -hmm. herd his cute little kids, you know, <laughs> like, you know, they're like butterflies everywhere. They're just running in different directions. Um, it was really, really hard and it was really frustrating. And I know that, you know, as I, you know, in that, that moment and in that journey, you have to look at, okay, what is beneficial? Mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can personally be frustrated and irritated or whatever I'm going to be judgmental about how like you should be doing this mm -hmm. and you should be doing that. 
Or I could say, Lord, you placed me in this situation. Mm -hmm. You placed me for a purpose here. And I am going to be diligent. And like you said, you can only control yourself. So I'm going to be diligent and faithful to you. And I'm going to pray that the people come alongside us to help mm-hmm. support this ministry so it continues. Amen. And once I was able to get myself out of that frustration, out of all of those feelings, and just say, I'm going to be committed to you, I'm going to be faithful to you, and not in a cocky way, but no. just a legitimate like heart posture, I'm just going to do what you personally have called me to do, and I let everything go, you see people in a different light. Yeah. You conduct yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I easily can wear frustration on my face. Right. And I don't want to be that to anybody because you never know who has had a rough morning or who is, you know, frustrated in those situations. I mean, at some point I actually found out that one of the moms that like you kind of, again, just go like, oh my goodness, like your child's like running everywhere, right? I'm like, I feel like it's a workout, like trying to chase them, you know, like the child had diabetes, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, probably just the hour and a half to sit there and just trying to get God's word without having to like be distracted with different Mm -hmm. things was the biggest blessing. Mm -hmm. And here I am the potential of saying like, why aren't you this? And why aren't you that? And being judgmental instead of just saying like, Lord, you called me to be in this position. I need to be cheerful in that. And I need to be Mm -hmm. diligent with what my role is here and let everything else go. And so again, it's like everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial for others too. And so like, I want, I want to be that person that has that same grace and mercy and patience and every, all those qualities that God gives us. Mm -hmm. Like I want to extend that to like everybody that's around me. And Mm -hmm. there are times that I do it really well. And sometimes I don't. Oh yeah. (laughs) I do well some days and some days I don't. So, well, my husband knows. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure most days are better than others. No, one thing that I've learned even just like working at a junior high is that um, there's a lot of problems. We all have problems right. in, in, in that arena, let's say. Uh, can it be anything from time management to um, personal problems to academic problems to athletic problems? Like there's so many problems and I'm like putting out little fires all day long. But the reality is that when there's a problem or a grievance or something's wrong, um, you're going to spend energy in that moment. Right. You have a choice. Are you going to complain or are you going to try and solve the problem? Right. Either way, you're spending energy. But at the end of the spent energy, what is the benefit? What is the fruit? What is happening? You know, what have you accomplished? Right. And so it's really easy to complain. And it's, it's a default setting oftentimes. But the reality is you are going to expend energy. You might as well do it to try and improve the situation. Right. Whether it's for someone else or for yourself. And so that's why like, I always tell, I tell the kids all that. Do you want to complain or do you want to fix it? And, right. and so and it's, a, it's a cute way of redirecting them because one of the reasons we complain is when we feel out of control. Right. When you're solving the problem, you're taking control of it. You're assuming command of it. So it's a powerful feeling versus this, like something's happening to me and I'm, and it's beyond what I can control now. Okay. Now I'm assuming responsibility over it and I can fix it. So you go from feeling powerless to feeling in control and powerful and it's positive versus negative. And so, you know, I wish somebody had told me these things when I was younger, you know, how much energy did I waste? Right. I know. (laughs) Either contributing to or turning a blind eye to the problem, you know? Right. And so again, it it goes back to your title. Save me from me. 
Right. God, show me obedience. Show me submission so that I can do your work to benefit me and also to edify and glorify him. Right. Exactly. Ultimately, it's to glorify God and to show how living in submission to him is beneficial to go back to that word, um, submitting to God is beneficial to me and to my relationship with God. But again, it's a top-down effect. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm living under the umbrella of God and I'm submitting to Him and I do it in all areas of my life, I'm benefiting all areas of my life. Right. It's really easy. I know. I mean, it sounds so easy. <laughs> I know. We're in the middle of it. It's Amen. like, oh my word. <laughs> Darlene, I'm so happy you're here with me. Thank you so much. Oh, I love I'm this so topic. Happy. I, I actually, it was again in my prayer time. I was like, "Oh Lord, I think this is definitely going to be a good one." Oh yeah, for sure. It's so. beneficial. Um, I like the um, the realness of it and the reality of this is real life. And right. I like being able to extract Bible verses and Bible teachings and show yeah. like it's not just this abstract old book. Right. It has a lot of tools for today. Right. And it goes back to the information for application for transformation model, yeah. you know, because sometimes I look at, well, how does the Bible apply to me today? Right. You know, and it's important, you know, these are principles that are as old as time, yeah. but they also apply to our current time. And it's, it's really important, I think, to make it tangible in today. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think one of the other things, too, that I... Um, and just thinking about this and just life in general, life is messy. Mm -hmm. And I know that there have been times in my life where, you know, you go and, you know, you're kind of barely surviving the week mm -hmm. and you sit at church and you literally just look around and you're like, everybody seems to have it together <laughs> or, right. you know, or maybe like a lot of the topics that you hear at church, you know, you're just like, if you only knew mm -hmm. the type of life that I'm trying to mm -hmm. like struggle through. And I just think that life is messy, mm -hmm. you know, Adulting there's, is hard. yeah, not only adulting, just life, just in general, mm -hmm. like COVID and shutdowns. And, you know, a lot of times, um, it has been really hard for me to even just hear and read about just the unity of family mm -hmm. and just being like, well, I've got a broken family. Like mm -hmm. I I'm divorced. So like, I've got this huge, like, you know, like scarlet letter on me mm -hmm. and, you know, and just trying to petition, you know, that, you know, my children aren't affected and they're always mm -hmm. going to be affected, but you know, like all those things and, you know, life is so messy. And to what you were saying before, like, it was just so real. Like I like to be as real as possible. Mm -hmm. Again, life is messy nothing is going to go like we plan, how we think, Amen. you know, and when you start, you know, connecting with people and again, even when you seem like things, and I've been this way where mm -hmm. I try to put that proper face mm -hmm. on, smile, like nothing's wrong in my life. Everything is perfect. You don't really get to relate to people mm -hmm. on like that deep spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And when I finally broke that wall down yeah and said, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to be very transparent with my life mm -hmm. and the mess that I feel like I am right now. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, for years I was just like, I'm broken. Like I'm broken all the way, every which way possible. Um, you know, then you can really start digging into the heart of things, the spiritual mm -hmm. stuff. And I can tell you the enemy, your testimony is such like a tool and a weapon mm -hmm. against the enemy. Amen. And that is so important. So like, that's what I want is just 
transparency Mm -hmm. and for people to know that when your life is a hot mess, it's okay. Like you're in good company (laughs) because my life is a hot mess too. And it is okay. And you can, you can fall and you can say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Like Mm -hmm. I did not handle that the way that I should have. Amen. And you can, you know, stand up, dust yourself off and say, okay, Lord, I'm here and I'm going to try again. Amen. And I think that is what is, powerful now yeah oh yeah and, it is and powerful. it's relatability and um like i said when you when you share your grievances or your failures people everybody in the room can go oh me too right and what's important again in that is the glorification of god because when a believer says i like you said i didn't handle that well but i sought the lord mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't do this right but i repented and i sought the lord um, and to show what a relationship with God does in the mess, God, look at the Bible. It's full of messy, broken people. Yep. He could have picked all the priests and all the all the Pharisees and all the religious leaders of the time and all the most righteous people. He didn't. Right. And that's by design. Right. Because through relationship with Him, we are transformed, and then that glorifies Him and grows His kingdom. Right. If there's just a subsect of perfect people, that's not relatable. I can't relate to that. Right. You tell me all the ways that you're broken and how through relationship with Jesus Christ, you've been restored and reconciled. Okay, I'm in. Right. <laughs> that I can relate to. Right. And that's by design. That's why the Bible is full of messy, right. broken people and um, stories of tragedy and of um, rejection and of pain and of suffering. Because we all, that's the human mm-hmm. condition. We exist in sinful flesh. So we mm-hmm. exist in a broken world that is full of chaos and noise and messiness uh, and that's okay that just makes us human but the, the what sets us apart us being christians and we're all children of god god loves all of us of all religions of all everything god loves everyone we're all born of god and we're all children of god um, and as believers and followers of jesus we have a very unique and you use the word testimony we have a unique testimony of how mm-hmm. God fills in the gaps of the brokenness. Right. And um, Priscilla Schreier has one of my favorite quotes. She says, the cracks in my brokenness allow God's light to shine through. Oh, I was just actually thinking about that. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yes, I love it. But what I love about it too is as you were talking about, like, you know, there's tons of people in, in the Bible that, you know, we can look up to as just those heroes in the Bible. But of course, the set apart, I mean, we're, we're, you know, God loves everybody and wants everybody to be saved, but just the set apart ones are the ones that just simply said yes to God. Exactly. You know, like I just think of like Peter and the Pauls and Mm -hmm. Esther. Can you imagine like those, those stories, those, Mm -hmm. those powerful stories that we just, um, you know, they said, yes, it was a simple Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have a skill set. Some of them like stuttered and and didn't, you know, couldn't even do the things that God was asking. And he was like, but I will be the strength in you. And that is where we have to hold tight to and say Mm -hmm. in my yes, in my surrender, in my, you know, anxiety of even saying yes, like you will be my strength and you will see me through it. They said, they said, amen in the mess. They said, yes. yes. They said, I surrender to you and I obey you, God. That's right. it. And that's a perfect example of saying you don't have to have it all figured out first, right? Right. right. If you wait to get it together, you'll never be never. there. You'll never get mm-hmm. there. So um, just say yes today, surrender yes. today. And regardless of, here's the thing, and I've, and I've said this for years and it's true of me. The thing is, if you're in a messy situation, in, mm-hmm. if you're in a, what you feel like is a hopeless situation or circumstance and you're losing hope and you're losing faith and you're tired and you're exhausted... 
Here's the thing. If you choose Jesus, you surrender to Jesus, you be obedient to Jesus and say yes to Jesus, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Even if nothing outside of right. you changes, your circumstance might not change, your job might change, your spouse may not change, your children might still be gone. Those things don't have to change for everything to change because you right. said yes to Jesus. Right. And that that's the most profound thing. Again, it's feeling like you're getting your life back, feeling like you're getting a measure of power and um, control back is actually from saying yes and surrendering to God. Not to the other things, but right. to God. And then everything changes, even if nothing else does. Right. But you know why? Because God changes you inside. Exactly. Exactly. So you say yes, and then you get changed, and your perception and your outlook changes. Amen. Because now there's that hope, mm-hmm. and there's that purpose, and mm-hmm. there's that f- fulfillment that only God can bring. Amen. But you simply have to say yes. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, we're going to pray out. Yes. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time together with my beautiful friend and your beloved daughter, Lord. We just ask that... Um, Whoever needed to hear this message hears it today, Father. And we just ask for a boldness and a confidence and a trust and a faith in you that allows us to surrender boldly and completely to you, to your goodness, to your glory, to your compassion, and to your love, Lord. We ask for uh, the strength and the confidence to submit and to surrender, Lord. And we just ask that for those who do, For those today, Lord, who surrender their lives open-handedly to you and act in obedience and faith, Lord, that you bear fruit in their lives, tangible fruit, that they can testify to glorify and to edify your name that you did it, Lord, that it was of your power, of your love, and of your mercy, Lord. Please, God, bless all those who surrender to you today so that they may point others to you toward heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!